Let's get into some word. Are you ready for that today? Okay, if you have a Bible, if you have a Bible app, um, then I want you to get that out and go to the book of Acts chapter one. Acts chapter one. If you're new to the Bible and don't know what Acts is, it's a book. Flip around until you find it. Acts chapter one, I've been teaching a series uh, for those who have been a part of uh, this on a regular basis called The Voice. My subject is hearing the voice of God in a noisy world. We ought to be able to discern between God's voice and other voices. And if we can discern that, if we can distinguish the difference, uh, we are way better off. If you can hear from God, he'll never lead you astray. He'll never lead you down the, the wrong path. He'll never lead you, uh, the end result is you're gonna go broke and die young. Amen. The Lord leads us out of the problems. He'll lead us out of these situations. So if we can learn to hear his voice, that is an amazing thing to learn. And uh, you know, in the early church, meaning in the book of Acts, in those days, there was frequent mention of the Spirit of God saying various things. It wasn't foreign language. It wasn't an uncommon saying for those to communicate the Spirit of the Lord. Or the Holy Spirit said this to me, said this to our church. That was, uh, you know, nowadays, some people think that's almost strange sounding, like, whoa, what, God's talking to you? Back then, it was like, what, God's not talking to you? What, you have a relationship with someone who doesn't talk to you? How weird is that? See, we've digressed a long way uh, in, in our understanding of these matters, but the one who speaks to us is the Holy Spirit, okay? God is three persons, one, 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 uh, one God manifests in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When, when God speaks to us, he speaks by his Spirit, okay? Kind of like when we say, uh, Jesus is in my heart, well, not literally. I mean, he's, on, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, right? So who's in your heart? Well, Jesus is by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. He is in your heart in, in, in that regard. And so um, the Holy Spirit is the one we must become acquainted with or familiar with and even filled with. And for us to use the writings of the New Testament, okay, and... Try to explain using them how to hear the voice of God, we would need to level the playing field with those who those who had the experiences that we're reading about. In other words, if they experience God speaking to them, and yet I'm not, I don't have what they had, I don't do what they did, and I'm endeavoring to hear the same voice then this is not a fair game, okay? I, I need to know what they knew. I need to have what they had. Then I can take their advice. Okay, let me say it this way. Everything that we're instructed to do in the New Testament is instructed with the assumption that we have the tools necessary to do them. If I don't have what they had, then I'm not likely gonna be able to do what they did. Yeah. It's, 
like uh, sometimes we'll read John 14, Jesus said, uh, the works that I do shall you do also and greater works than these because I go to my Father. Okay, how many know to really a whole lot of church-going people, they don't believe that for a second. They don't. They'll say, I believe the Bible. No, they don't. Well, here's why they don't believe that. Because they place Jesus in a category all by himself. Now, in one sense, he is. But in this regard, they say, well, Jesus opened the blind eyes. Jesus multiplied the fish and loaves. Jesus walked on the water. Jesus healed the sick because he was the son of God. Well, how many know that just disqualified you and me from doing anything? I'm supposed to do what he did, and he's the son of God, and I'm me. Not happening. But if someone gains greater understanding and find out that Jesus didn't do that as the son of God, but as the son of man, anointed by the Spirit, now it all makes sense. Now the world is our playground. (laughs) Now the Spirit of God can do anything with us and through us that he did with Jesus Right? And it makes sense. But without that teaching, people all in churches all across the land, they sit back and wait for God to do something. And if nothing happens, that's just because it was God's choice. Right? But once you gain an understanding of the kingdom and how things work, then you say, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, what I do is, is a part of this. What I believe is a part of this. What I, what I say is a part of this. When it comes to uh, living life, doing the word, and hearing from God, all these things are vital components to, um, to, to that uh, success, okay? If, let's bring it into the car realm, okay? If I, if, if I got a car and you got a car and we got the same model car, the same make of car, the same model of car, and the same year, and the same color, and, uh, and a lot, of, and if you looked at it from a distance, you'd say, oh, those are, the, those are exact same cars, and we went to race, which we would only do on a track, right? On a racetrack, <laughs> <laughs> not like at the stoplight, I'm not. <laughs> but we were, we were to race, and, and we said, you know, ready, set, go, and, and I took off, and I was way in front of you, which would probably be the case, right? <laughs> no, I'm just, but I took off, I'm way in front of you, and we first lap, I'm like a half a lap in front of you, and after a few laps, I'm just, I'm passing you, and, and it's like, we have the same car. You'd be thinking, what in the, what is the deal? How come I can't catch up? But if afterward you found out I had a different engine, that would explain a lot of things. It's like, what? You have 200 horsepower more than me? How is this even fair? It's not. <laughs> yeah. And so what can happen is in, a, in the Christian life, those things can also be true. Some people are operating with something that you cannot see just by outward observation, but if you really knew what they had under the hood, you would say, well, no wonder I can't do what Paul did. No wonder I'm I'm struggling to to succeed in in following all these biblical guidelines and live my life this way and see God work in a way that I hear about in others' lives. This is not even fair, and you're totally right. Okay, so in their day... Um, one thing they had going for them is one, you receive the Lord. Secondly, is they also would receive something called the gift of the Holy Spirit or the baptism in the Spirit. See, if Paul had 200 horsepower more than me and yet I'm supposed to follow Paul as he followed Christ, I'm saying, "Uh uh-uh, 
I don't have what he had. I don't have that ability. Amen. And so one of the keys to hearing God's voice is, number one, is to receive the Holy Spirit, and two, to uh, stay full or to live full of the Holy Spirit. That's vital. Everything that we read about in here, about others hearing from God, how we hear from God, and how we live this life, is done so in that context. If I try to follow all the instructions and guidelines and commissions and assignments from God without that component, I am taking this book out of context. And my failure should almost be expected. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, if you go on on the job, you take a new job and and they don't give you the the tool belt, they don't give you the, the software, they don't give you whatever you need to do the job, it is not a fair expectation for you to be able to do the job at a, at a high enough level, yeah? And likewise, if God were to not give to us, but you know, he's no respecter of persons, the necessary equipment, or in our case, we would just say it this way, if we would not receive what he gives to us, then you know, failure is, is pretty common as a, as, a, as a result of that. So I don't wanna take everything in the New Testament out of context, knowing that they receive salvation and the Spirit, and many times today, people stop at salvation. I receive, I believe Jesus, he's my savior. I confess him as my Lord. Good, you're going to heaven. But it might be a rough ride until you get there. <laughs> Why? Dude, you need power. You need, you need power to live right here. Okay? Did you find Acts chapter 1? This, these are the, some of the final words of Jesus after his resurrection, before his ascension. The church was just getting ready to, to, to go out and to fulfill the Great Commission. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus said, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So in order for them to fulfill the, the, the commission, the command of being witnesses wherever they go in these different places, including the whole earth, he said, I, I've got to give you power so you can do that. In other words, to do that without the power is a futile effort. Don't do what he told you to do without the power to do it. And he wouldn't expect you to, but too many times we're out the door before the power comes. Well, I got Jesus. Well, good, you're going to heaven. But what, how are you gonna fulfill God's calling on your life? How are, you gonna, how are you gonna maximize this life here on earth if you don't receive what Jesus gave so much importance to? We've gotta receive the power. And so the power is one of the neglected components in Christianity today. And so many times people have replaced it with wisdom. Okay, and we have high regard for wisdom. I do, I pray for it regularly. I do James 1. I'm asking for wisdom. I, I, I want wisdom. I want knowledge and understanding. I, I, I want to, to know the ways of God, but I can't replace power with wisdom. Listen to this passage uh, over in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, Paul writes here, verse 22, for the Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God, and the wisdom of God. You see the two, two components. 
Which, which, which one should we have? Which one should we emphasize, power or wisdom? Well, we should have both. We really should have both. We really shouldn't elevate one over the other and say, well, I'm more of a wisdom guy. Powerless, but really wise. Or I'm more into the power of God. Woo, I like the power. I'm all about miracle power. I want to see dunamis. I want to see the power of God on display. And, and sometimes, you know, that's, again, that's good, but you need some wisdom. You need some learning, some instruction. How, how many know you don't really want people who don't know anything about firearms to carry them? I'm not talking about new laws, but I'm saying wisdom says take a class or get some training or find out how that thing works before you go waving it around, right? I think probably the enemy, the devil, he is not, uh, he wants to keep us dumb and powerless, don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's overly concerned uh, about a bunch of loose cannons <laughs> or about a bunch of powerless intellectuals. But it's when people receive the wisdom of God and the power of God that they become dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. They become effectual in what they put their hand to. They become the church as the Lord envisioned it, full of wisdom and full of power, doing things in the right way, living in the wisdom of God, also having the power of God all over them. I don't know about you, but I, I, I am not smart enough to not need power. You know what I'm talking about? I study. I read, I look things up, I've been to school, I got a little bit of knowledge, but I don't, I'm not smart enough to do what God has called me to do without the anointing, without the power of God. I need a bunch of both. And I suspect that you do too. I'm thinking because the Lord emphasized this and he said, by the way, before I go, don't you guys go anywhere. You sit yourself right down there in Jerusalem and you wait because something is coming, it's gonna light you up and it's gonna change the world, but you have got to have it before you go. And this was this power he was referencing. Amen. Now flip over to the second chapter. So just, Bible wasn't written in chapter and verse, so we just read, read a little bit later. Chapter two, and notice with me in verse one, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. By the way, day of Pentecost, that's today on the calendar. Pentecost means 50. Uh, basically, it's like, it's seven Sabbaths, and then the next day, seven sevens. God likes numbers and stuff, and he's into seven. That's why most of you, your password has sevens in it, right? <laughs> if you're a Christian very long, you probably have some seven passwords. Oh, sorry, I wasn't trying to. I saw, I could see the glimmer in some eyes and now I can totally get into your bank account. <laughs> Wait, how do you know? <laughs> okay, never mind that. Just telling you what Pentecost means, 50. Easter was uh, seven weeks ago today, right? So that's, this is the day of Pentecost and it had fully come. Uh, they were together in one accord in one place, verse two, and, uh, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit 
and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, so this is what the Lord told them to wait for. All right, he's raised from the dead. They believe in him. It's the resurrection was awesome and things are looking good. And he has told them to go into all the world and preach the gospel that he said, hold, slow down, slow down, slow down. Power's coming. I want you to wait for it. And this is when it happened. God's very orderly. Day of Pentecost comes and kaboom. The spirit of God is poured out on them and they all have this experience and they're all speaking in other tongues. And let's talk about the Holy Spirit for a minute. He is a divine, unlimited person, okay? He's everywhere, he's all in all, he has no limitations in himself. However, the the types and shadows used in scripture about him are limited in their scope, okay? In other words, uh, terms like water, whether it be rain or clouds or rivers, these things are symbolic of the Holy Spirit. They are limited in in scope. You can have more or less rain, for example. Uh, Fire, we see here these tongues of fire that were sitting on each other. Fire, you can have more or less fire. You can have more or less wind, those type of things. Our experience is not 100% to the max, on full, overdrive at all times. I'm not sure that we could handle that. We might blow up, okay? But an unlimited uh, God, a being of all everything, comes and fills a finite human being, okay, in measures, in degrees. Anointing can be stronger or lesser in manifestation. We all know that. I mean, sometimes we're in here, uh, it's like, uh, it's hard to stand. And other times it's no problem at all. Other times it's like, I don't feel anything. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Did God leave? No, but he's not always, the, the air is everywhere, the wind is not. The air is not always moving. Okay, and so the spirit of God is this way. Um, in our lives, how this works is he works in us and towards us in various ways. There is uh, something called the new birth, all right? And that's being born of the Spirit. Then there's something called the baptism of the Spirit. That's being filled with the Spirit, okay? To be born of the Spirit is one thing. To be filled with the Spirit is another thing. Same Spirit, different activities of of the Holy Ghost, Everybody know what I'm talking about now. You can have a glass of water. You can have a glass that's full of water. You can have a glass that has a little bit of water. It all has water. It's not like H2 and O or absent. It's still the same. You know, the Holy Spirit, it's not like one person gets an arm and the other person gets a leg. You know, like a chicken dinner. Never mind. I guess you don't need an arm. It's just legs or breasts or thighs or... A wing. There we go. There's the there's the <laughs> there's the wings. Not all my illustrations are pre-planned. <laughs> Nevertheless, every saved person, if you've received Jesus uh, as your Lord, every saved person has the Holy Spirit in their life. Why? Because they were born of Him. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He's present. 
Nevertheless, that's not the same thing as being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a different anointing. It's a different experience. It's a different level. It's a different manifestation of God. That's what Jesus told his disciples. Don't you leave until you get this. So he didn't want them to fulfill his commission. He didn't want them to try to live this life without that. Nowadays, unfortunately, many people, like like I said, they receive Jesus and I'm good. It's like, well, you're good for what? You're going to heaven, yeah, but this is, you got stuff to do here. I would recommend the full package. I would recommend you get the full meal deal here. Take everything that the Lord is offering. If he brings it up, say, yep, take one of those. If you're going through the line, would you like one of these? Yes, I would. Would you like dessert? Yes, I would. Would you like a chicken wing? I, yes, I would. Uh, anything the Lord says, this is, op- this is available. I've pr- provided this for you. You can ask and receive this. You say yes to all of it. Yeah? That should be our default answer once you get saved. Because, you know, when you're saved, you, you say, Jesus is Lord. That means he's the boss. That means that the answer to everything he asks you to do after that is yes. <laughs> That's just default response to God. Yep, sign me up for that. Yep, I'll do that too. Yep, me. <laughs> I mean, for things that he's asking you to do. Okay. And so uh, every person has the spirit again, but one gets you to heaven. The next experience is, is about empowerment. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes Upon you Now, if we receive the same spirit that they received, then we should have the same results that they had. It's not a different Holy Spirit. He doesn't do different things. He's the same. He hasn't lessened in any way. We should have the same results. If we both go buy a phone together at the cell phone store, and we come out with the same box and the same phone, and then you tell me that yours has a GPS and a flashlight and a camera and it has an app store and it has all these different components and, 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 th- and, and I look at mine and all it does is make phone calls. I'm saying, hmm, I think I got a knockoff. <laughs> I, I, I think I've got a, a, an inferior version of what you have. Something's missing here, okay? The Christian life should come with all these components to it. Um, And so if they had a certain response, then I should have that same response. Now, just to go back to say, what what, what are you talking about? In general, I'm talking about a a lot of things, but specifically, according to this verse, they were all filled with the Spirit and they started speaking in other languages. They started speaking in what's called other tongues or languages. Tongues just means languages, okay? They They started speaking in other tongues. If they received the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in tongues. That, when, I did, when I received this, that was my same logic. Well, if they got the Holy Spirit and I received the same Holy Spirit, I should do what they did. And if I don't do what they did, I must have got something inferior. Which is not really anything inferior, you know. I mean, but it's like I didn't get what they got. I didn't have that experience if I didn't have the same result. Same spirit, same response should be in, in, in play here. All right. Now, if you read down a couple of verses, this is sometimes used, and it actually can, depending on how it's presented, um, can bring confusion to some. In the same chapter, Acts 2 and verse 5, it reads, 
And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Okay, so pretty cool manifestation happening here on the day of the first day here, day of Pentecost. And uh, what some have taught this to mean is actually incorrect. And I'll, I'll show, you, show you why. What they'll say is speaking in tongues simply means that you speak in languages known somewhere on earth by some group of people, but you didn't learn it. You, you weren't taught the language, okay? And they'll say, it would be like if a missionary goes to, you know, Timbuk3 and they go there and they don't know the language and there's a group of people wanting to hear the gospel, God will give them tongues so they can communicate in that language and those people can hear the gospel, okay? I don't know if you've ever heard this explained that way, but I'll just tell you up front, that's not what that means. And that's not actually what happened here. Okay, in this situation, all these people were from these different, different lands and they're all gathered in Jerusalem and they heard this sound, they come rushing together and they start hearing, every one of them, there's a multitude there and they're all hearing words from their hometown, from their home country, their, their original language and it's a sign to them. But you know what the scripture didn't say here? It didn't say that they spoke in those languages. What were, what were they? Well, they were speaking in tongues, uh, languages. They were speaking in tongues, but it doesn't say they were speaking in the languages of those people. It says those people heard them in their language. In other words, the anointing was not just on those speaking, it was on those hearing. So they're speaking in, they're speaking in other tongues, all 120 of them. They're speaking in other tongues, and, every, and those from all the different places are saying, well, look at that, they're speaking in my language. And no, they weren't. You're hearing them in your language. And they're hearing people praise God. They're hearing about the glory of God come through these individuals. Say, well, how do you know? Well, one is because I just read it. Another reason is because what is also written about this same experience in 1 Corinthians 14, where Paul said this in verse two, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So what happens when someone speaks in tongues? Who understands them? No one. Obviously God does, he's the author of the language, but no, no person, no human being understands when someone speaks in tongues. The tongue talker doesn't understand it. The person hearing it doesn't understand it. It would be a special, unique, and miraculous manifestation when all of a sudden people are hearing in their own language. That was a, a special event on the day of Pentecost. But never, it's not the norm for the person speaking to understand. You wouldn't even know what you're saying when you speak in tongues unless you're given a interpretation of that tongue, okay? Which is another manifestation of the Spirit. Everybody okay? And I say that, I say that in part, just I know some have been taught different things about this and uh, you may be here. I know many of you uh, walk in this and this is a part of your daily life and it's um, awesome. And, and some have been taught different. Some are just unaware. You may be unaware. Maybe you came from this last year, you came from one of the COVID churches and you started coming here and, uh, and you said, I wanna go to church where they're normal. And... And all, but you all found out along the way, oh, 
these guys believe in miracles here. These guys, and maybe that wasn't your background, and that's okay. Uh, it may, may be new to you, and, 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 and some are just ignorant of it. Many people have come to me over the years and said, I've been a Christian for a long time. I've never heard anything about this stuff. And then they receive, and talk about a game changer. Talk about lighting their world up. <laughs> I mean, a fire in their belly that they've never had before. They say, no, I read the Bible, and it's different. I say, well, it's not really different. It's just different to you. You're seeing things with new eyes. That's why when I, when I think about uh, this whole subject of hearing the voice of God, I'm asking the question, am I leaving a bunch of people ill-equipped? I don't want to, there are principles in God's word that work standalone, no doubt. You know, walking by faith, you can speak the word and believe God's promise. That works for anyone. But am I leaving people at a disadvantage if I don't emphasize? Listen, everyone who talked about this, everyone who wrote about this in the new covenant, they also had this infilling of the spirit. Do you? And if you do, good, you're set up to succeed. If you don't, you just need an upgrade. Pull her in. Pull her into the shop. <laughs> we'll install some components that'll enable you to succeed in life. Amen. And I, I know that some, again, they just don't know. I, you know, I was uh, pondering uh, Acts chapter 19 when Paul was traveling through there and he came to Ephesus. You know, we're familiar with that because of the letter. Uh, Amy and I have been to Ephesus, so we are an authority on that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he came to Ephesus, and he, he says there he found uh, 12 disciples. And when he saw them, he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? You remember they said, well, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And, it, and then he, he laid hands on them. They all were filled with the Spirit and spoke in tongues, Okay. But it's always, it always catches me this way. I'm always asking, what did he see that made him ask that question? In some circles, they're even offended by the question. What do you mean? Of course, I have the Holy Spirit. You know. Well, stop with the pride. We're not trying to one-up anybody. We're not trying to be better than, smarter than. We just want what God has for us. So none of that. But uh, I'm wondering, what did he see? I'm, I'm going to speculate a little bit. Is it because there's only 12 of them? It's like, where's the fruit here, you guys? You should be winning the whole city. Maybe the level of victory they're walking in, maybe the, the power or lack thereof, you know, miracles and that kind of stuff. Is it, why is he looking at this, these 12 guys and the first thing he asks is, did you guys receive the Spirit after you believed? Since you believed, did you get the Holy Spirit yet? Something prompted him to ask that question. And they said, no, we don't even know about that. We don't even know what that is. And I think there are, you know, even though knowledge is very available today, there are many Christians. They have a great heart for God. They love the Lord. They're saved. And yet they don't know hardly anything about this kind of stuff. Well, he fixed it. He just said, well, we'll just take care of this. And they all received right then. And uh, good news for us is we can do that too. Yeah. I was once a believer that wasn't spirit-filled. And then I became. And maybe you're, some of you are that way today. But I, I believe one of, the, uh, one of the greatest keys to hearing the voice of God is simply to receive the Spirit, get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then to stay filled. 
our Wednesday night services are like filling stations. They're designed for that, for people to get, you know, I had a, even a pastor, told, for, a former pastor told me today, we have a number of former pastors that co-attend our church. And uh, he said, what's happening on Wednesday nights? He said, it is amazing. He said, I'm calling this person and that person, other ministers that, that we know. And he said, I'm telling them something is happening here. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and I'm saying, I know it. It's awesome, isn't it? <laughs> and, uh, but see, I, I'm just saying, this is a one-time event, a one initial time. And then there are ongoing refillings and, you know, just kind of like your car. Sometimes you buy a car, probably not anymore since prices are through the roof. But, uh, they, you know, they give you a tank of gas. <laughs> But then how many know it doesn't last you forever? You got to go back and refill. Yeah. And that, that's, that's true for the believer as well. Um, uh, praise God. This is something, um, this is something I'm talking about here that's not forced by God. Uh, no one is controlled by God. No one is made to speak in tongues or do that kind of stuff. He won't make you. Uh, I was told uh, not too long ago, uh, just, just, just recently about a particular um, group, a particular church, and they believe in this. I was told they believe in the gifts of the Spirit, the power of God, the, manner, the you know the baptism in the Spirit. But they told me they said like, but only like ten percent of the people operate in it or have received that. I said that's strange. Why would that? Why is that be? Why would that be? He said, they said they told me well, m- many of them are waiting. Many of them want that but they're just kind of waiting on God to do it. And I thought, I, I said, I didn't know that still existed. I knew that was a doctrine some years back in certain Pentecostal churches. And I thought people believed that they had to tarry because Jesus said, tarry in the city of Jerusalem, wait for the promise. And so they would tarry. They wouldn't go to Jerusalem. I don't understand why, but if you're going to tarry, you should go to Jerusalem. <laughs> but they were not in Jerusalem, but they were still tarrying, just waiting, waiting, waiting. I mean, a lot of people do approach God that way for a lot of things. Salvation, healing, victory, answers to prayer. It's just, I'm waiting on God. It's up to him. Well, no, it's not. That's not how the kingdom of God works. He gives, he provides, he, he tells us his will. Then we know the potential of what can be. The revelation of God's will shows us what can happen in our life, not what will happen in our life. And when we see that he's made the Holy Spirit available, now we step up and say, okay, I think I'll take one. <laughs> in other words, Lord, baptize me in the Spirit. I want to be filled with the Spirit of God today. And then you can receive by, by your own choice. Amen. By your own, an act of your own will, you can be filled. And this will help everything, including being, receiving, uh, uh, hearing from God in your life. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Well, let's pray today. Father, thank you for working in us, for working in here.